Coaching is arguably one of the modules that has had most impact on sales managers and sales leaders who've gone through the Masters in Leading Sales Transformation program we have. And we wanted to bring up to date a video that was produced at one of our global sales transformation events at the London Stock Exchange, where Paul Devlin shared his research findings on how he has used coaching to transform the performance of his team whilst he was then the regional uh, director of Ariba, a subsidiary of SAP. Paul has now gone on to become the chief operating officer of SUSE. And I'm quite sure that we'll have Paul back again to talk about his coaching experiences post Ariba uh, on, a, on a future podcast. But for now, this is going to take you back to his presentation. Incredibly insightful, incredibly interesting to hear him link the data-driven uh, performance uh, results with his approach to coaching in particular. Where's yeah. my, my clicker? Uh, <laughs> okay, everybody understands Scottish? Because <laughs> if you don't, I don't know what to tell you, right? Um, so my name's Paul Devlin. Uh, I am the uh, general manager for SAP Ariba uh, across uh, EMEA and MEE, and uh, Ariba is SAP's procurement in the, uh, the, the, the cloud solution. Um, I'd really like to take, I'm gonna skip this stuff because Phil told me to skip it. So I'm gonna take you through um, really just a, a journey and, and start with a story which is where I wanted to start anyway. I hate slides, I can't stand them. And um, yeah, and I think for us as, as sales professionals, we tell stories every day in life anyway. Um, so I'm gonna interact a number of stories in order to, to, to sort of bring you back with the, uh, with the point. Um, and if I can ask you to maybe try and remember three things from this, right? First one is leading indicators. And I'll talk a bit about that. Um, the second one is about coaching. And the third one is, if it talks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's a duck, right? It ain't a swan, and there's nothing you can do is gonna make it a swan. It is a duck. And I'll, I'll sort of take you through that as well, right? Um, so I, at 25 years of my life, all I've ever done is be in sales. I started in inside sales and kind of moved up through there. I actually started my life as a plumber and heating engineer. And uh, somebody said, going into sales, so I thought I could, I did, and ended up um, at SAP some 20 years later. Uh, and I've been in sales leadership for probably 15 years uh, of those 25 years. And I remember, as a sales guy, and I remember carrying a bag. I never really forgot this when I got into sales leadership, that I think I've only ever been with three sales leaders in my entire life that I admired that I really admired, that really made a difference to me personally. And when I ask all of my colleagues, you know what, I kind of get the same reaction. Everybody says the same thing when I say, you know, how many people would you love to go work for again? Some people it's one, some people it's two, but nobody ever says 10, right? Um, and that's kind of a, it was a, a concern for me. So that was the first thing. The other thing is that as a sales leader, and was never comfortable with the fact that I could do my number and I'd be on stage and lauded and go to winner's circle and 50% of my team failed. I was, that, you know, that never sat really well with me, right? 
And if you look at the industry, 60% of salespeople never achieve budget, right? All across the industry. Now, some of you guys and, and ladies, maybe you're the lucky ones, right? You get 100% of your team. Um, if that's the case, you should be up here, right? I should be the one that's, that's sitting there. But in my experience, kind of, you know, 60% um, of salespeople don't get budget. And that's the same in SAP globally, right? We've got, you know, anywhere between 40 and 60% of the sales team. And SAP as a company is up there in terms of the esteem with which it is held. Um, uh, for sales execution, and, and it was always a personal challenge for me, never sat well um, with me. So I get the chance through the masters, you know, it's always been in the back of your mind. Somebody said, hey, you wanna come and do this? I never went to uni, um, kind of thought, well, why not, why don't I get a piece of paper for you know, what I've been doing for 25 years? And sat in the room with these guys on day one thinking, what the shit have I done? <laughs> and day three, we got to Kate, and Kate puts up stuff in a priest of inquiry, and I'm like, what? What? And then it's, it's the Harvard style of writing and quoting and writing. I'm like, I need to go, right? I'm, I, I'm in the wrong, I'm just a boy for Glasgow, right? I'm in the wrong place. Um, anyway, that was how it started, yeah? Um, but it gave me a chance to really go and research the passion that I had for people and research, you know, why, why was it okay for me as a sales leader to 50% of my team that failed, yeah? So I went to you know, sales guys all across the world. Um, I've been lucky um, that I've worked all and lived all across the world, built up a really good network of people, and I went out to, to sales guys. I think I interviewed about 70, um, and I asked them the same question, right? Outside of an opportunity review, how much coaching do you get? Yeah. What do you think about the coaching that you receive? And what do you think of your leader as a result um, of the coaching? Now, it turned out I didn't need to ask questions two and three, right? Because 72 salespeople all across the globe answer zero. Zero coaching outside of an opportunity review ever, <laughs> ever. So then I go and ask them. So they, they were kind enough to answer the follow-up questions anyway, right? And I'm like, well, what do you think in sales leadership? Don't trust them. They have zero interest in me. Most of them are idiots. Uh, they only care about upper management. They only care about the number. I wouldn't have any of them, you know, if I was having a party tomorrow, none of them would be there, right? Universal um, uh, feedback. Um, and it was irrespective of geography, US, Middle East, Europe, same feedback, right? So here's the reality for us as sales leaders. The vast majority of our teams can't stand us, right? Um, <laughs> And you know what, I, all, my, all through my career, I've kept in touch with a lot of AEs and they continue to feed me these horror stories. So I know, you know the research doesn't lie. Um, I know that from my own experience, right? And, and the fact that you're all laughing. Yeah, you've all been there, everybody, everybody can see that. So I then take it to the next step and I go to sales leaders. I set up a LinkedIn group and I also, outside the LinkedIn group, I, I think I interviewed maybe 50, 60 sales leaders and I asked them the same question, right? outside of an opportunity review, how much coaching did you do? And these sales leaders weren't in the same companies, right? There was no correlation between companies, yeah? Um, you know, outside of opportunity reviews, how much coaching? Um, you know, if you coach, why do you coach? If you don't, why don't you? Same thing, right? Um, you know, how much coaching do I do? None. 
Um, and what was amazing was the LinkedIn group, right? Because th this brought in consultants and coaches and, um, you know, getting all of their feedback. And people are like, well, I'm a, I, I employ you to sell. Why do I need to coach? Right? Um, and the really good people were honest enough to say, I've never been coached. I don't know how to coach. And then the other one that came up time and time again was, well, I have no time, right? I can't have time in terms of coaching. So you kind of take this, right? You got account execs, you got sales men, sales women going, never been coached in my life. And you got sales leaders honest enough to say, I do zero coaching, right? You don't have to be Einstein to figure out why 50% of a sales team are not achieving their targets, are not achieving their numbers. So I kind of, I, I then start, I've got this new assignment. I've been sent to the Middle East and uh, I've got to go launch this new solution called SAP HANA. Um, and this is SAP's, I won't bore you, in-memory database, it's going to change the world, okay? And because it's going to change the world, anybody associated with HANA has the biggest numbers in the company, yeah? And I get off the plane in the Middle East and I'm like, okay, boys, this is magic, you know, I know everything. And I should say 25 years, I've only ever done data warehousing, business intelligence or analytics, so I know everything. There's nothing you can tell me, right? So I get off a plane and I get set up and um, I go meet this team, yeah? And I go meet the wider SAP team. And unbeknown to me at the time, there wasn't a single person in SAP had any intention of selling HANA. SAP ran an Oracle and everybody was really happy with it running an Oracle. And guess what? This thing's non-discountable, right? Non-discountable and you're in the Middle East, okay? So the land of bargaining, right? You imagine that with the CIO, that'll be 10 million, please. Not a problem, I'll have 70% discount. Not in this case, right? So we don't discount this stuff. So this thing is tanking, right? It is absolutely tanking. Nobody knows what in-memory is. I've got a demotivated sales team. None of the rest of SAP want to sell it. And everybody else thinks I'm an idiot, right? Because I have got almost zero. I'm like, okay, this ain't good, right? And I'm living in Dubai and my wife's loving it and the kids are loving it. And I'm like, how do I tell them we're going home, right? I'm about to be fired. So um, you start to obviously do your natural stuff. You understand the psyche of people and you try and figure it out, right? And I had no correlation for why this stuff wasn't working. Yeah, there was nothing, because no past experience. This is brand new nobody's done it before. So then I go read this book. Um, called Cracking the Sales Management Code by Jordan and Vazana. So I would recommend this to, to, to everybody. And all of a sudden a light bulb goes on because the book starts to talk about leading and lagging, lagging indicators. And what I realize is I'm actually focused on the wrong stuff. I'm focused on pipeline and revenue. Yeah? And you're all like, yeah, right, that's what you do, right? Um, no. The reality is the reason why I wasn't getting the pipeline and revenue wasn't because of what I was doing here, it's because of all of the things that were happening here, right? It was about people telling the wrong things to the wrong people, telling the wrong stories that people don't get and people don't understand. And guess what? When you do that, you get zero pipe and zero pipe gives you zero revenue, right? So being a data guy, right, at least I have the sense to go, you know what, let's go and start to collect some data. So I get the team and I sit down with the team and again, bearing in mind this is a team of Arabs and I'm like, guys, I need you to tell me what you're doing every week. That's micromanagement. I'm like, okay, I still need you to tell me what you're doing every week. 
Um, and we kind of come to a consensus, and look, but here's what I'm going to do with it, right? I promise you that I will never micromanage you. This is, I don't care, you can be in a golf course on a Tuesday morning, I don't care, right? But I need to know what it is you're doing and to understand the output of what you're doing so that I can figure out what is going wrong. So we start to collect data. And I, remember, I have no idea what the data is going to tell me, right, initially. So we start to collect this data. And it's useless for four or five weeks, right? Because, you know, SAP is the standard five meetings a week. So everybody's telling you they did five meetings a week, right? That's the one thing they think you're looking for, yeah? And then they tell you everything else. So what, what we wanted to understand was, who did you see? Yeah, so what was the name of the company? Who did you meet in the company? Who did you discuss? And what was the outcome? Yeah, just those four or five questions. That was what was really important to me initially. <coughs> so after about six weeks, I get the data. And all of a sudden, I've got something that I can do something with, right? And what I started to realize is that they're doing three meetings a week. They're doing them with the same three companies that they think is going to buy the stuff, right? So the company's most friendly to SAP. And they're all meeting with the CIO. Yeah, nobody's meeting with anybody else in the business. And I'm like, okay, awesome. So now I've got something that I can start with. So we start to bring in coaching. Yeah? Now remember, salespeople don't like being coached, right? Because they've never been coached. They've got no idea what it means. And you set somebody down and say, okay, we're going to start to do some coaching. And they're like, well, what? Well, you're going to tell me what to do? Just tell me what to do, right? I don't want to tell you this stuff. Tell me what to do. But we started to give them the data and give them the data back and go, okay, tell me your story. So tell me the story of your week. Take me through this, because this is your data, you gave it to me. And we very quickly then start to understand that they don't, everybody thinks the, the training has worked, right? Everybody thinks all the enablement we've done has worked. The reality is they don't, excuse my friend, they don't know shit. Second thing is, the CIO is never gonna be your buyer, right? Because the CIO loves Oracle. He has no interest in this stuff, right? He doesn't even know why he needs it. And then the third one is the people that we really needed to get to, so people like chief marketing officer, people like the chief finance officer, they were, they had, they had an absolute fear. But I want to go talk to that guy. Yeah, he's going to think I'm stupid. I don't know what to say to him. Yeah, um, I'm just going to look stupid. I don't want to go do that. Look, these three companies are going to buy, right? So in comes, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. These three companies were never going to buy, ever going to buy. So we, we, we take a step back. We start to focus in on the people. Zero conversation on opportunity reviews. Never ask them a single thing. Focused on them. What do you do? Who did you see? What were the outputs? And we just kept coaching and coaching and coaching. So I'm going to come back to this for a second, right? And I'll tell you another story. At the same point, so I get off the plane. One of the guys comes to me and he gives me his resignation. And he's like, I'm done. Can't stand the English guy. I can't stand the Middle East. Yeah, no, I hate this. I just don't get it. I'm going to go, right? And, um, and I'm like, look, just, you know, calm down. Um, you made the decision. You brought your family here. Let's figure out what's up, right? And this guy, did, I think he'd been there six months before I got there had zero, zero pipe, zero revenue, and was gonna finish on zero. Um, and again, so we start working with this guy individually, yeah, and start to get, understand what his fears are, 
start to understand none of the Arabs actually like him because what he's doing is he's taking the I know and I understand and I'm better than you approach, right? So just step aside, let me in and I'm going to go do this, right? Now, for anybody that's ever been in the Middle East, that has about a not point, not, 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 not chance of success, okay? Um, so when we got him to understand this, got him to change his behavior, started to focus on the leading indicators and started to coach him, he started to get some success, yeah? Um, so I'll get you to, to, to kind of fast forward, right? So we won our first big deal, yeah? And it was in a, we won this first big deal, it's in Saudi, and everybody told us you'll never sell this stuff in Saudi. That was the first thing, right? So we won our first deal in Saudi, it's a non-SAP customer, right? So we start to, to rethink what are we doing, you know, where are we targeting, et cetera, et cetera, and we keep coaching. And we keep, the, we've got now this massive pool of data about what people are doing. What were the right leading indicators, right? And we just kept asking them the question, tell us your story, right? What went well, right? What could you do different? What will you commit to do based on what you're doing? What new thing will you do? And we asked them one new, just one, do one new thing every week, something you're not doing. And we helped them through that process, right? So we went from that, um, to, so let me talk, talk to you about the individual. So the individual went from nothing to three million in year one, smashed his number. Went from three million to 10 million in year two. Went from 10 million to 10 million in year three. And he's now in year four. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, he's gonna smash his number um, again this year, right? He's now one of the best performing salespeople in the whole of SAP. This was a guy about to resign. End of year one, bear in mind we were on zero, right? Team of 12, yeah? 10 out of 12 finished at 100% or above a budget. Seven out of 12 qualified for winner circle. And winner circle in SAP when you're in AE is 100 and changes, but it's roughly 135% of your number, right? Again, this team went from nothing to being the single best performing team globally for percentage of people in that team that ended up going to win our circle, right? 10 out of 12 get to 100% a budget. And when you start to talk to them about why, every single one of them will tell you it's fundamentally about the coaching. So what happened with that is that we've now got these leading indicators. I get asked to leave the Middle East kind of three years later. We smashed our number every year. Yeah? And 70% of our number every year was coming from net new business, things they told us we could never do. Yeah, you contrast that with EMEA. EMEA numbers were really good, but it was the SAP install base. We were actually winning the, the most difficult way in terms of net new. So I get asked to come back and go lead the, the HANA team in Northern Europe. And these guys, so we're now three years into selling HANA. These guys have just been given a budget of 200 million euros. Nobody has a clue how they're gonna do this, right? Team is, this is you know, close to 100 people, demotivated with numbers they just think they're never gonna do and we start the same process again, right? And we start different leading indicators because different things were happening, yeah? So we start to collect the data, we start to drive coaching through the management team, through the leadership team, and guess what happened, right? Best year ever, finished last year at something like 222 million, I think it was, yeah? From a base of, we're never gonna do this number. So now on my third assignment, I've been given Ariba. Ariba is a 20-year-old company. Um, I moved into the cloud, SAP bought it, 
um, and SAP did nothing with it for three years, right? So every day in SAP is like, what does Ariba, what does it do? Yeah? And they're like, here, Paul, you have this, right? Go grow this business. Um, and we're the least innovative company in the market. Uh, and we've been there for 20 years. And as many customers love us, as kind of hate us, right? Um, and I've got everything from Iceland to Africa. And I'm like, shit, how am I going to do this? Uh, how are we going to make this thing turn around? So I took this over in January. And the other thing is I have seven territory leaders, I guess is the, the best way. So these are really senior sales guys. These guys don't believe in coaching, right? So I tell them the story and they're like, nah, I don't think I want to do that, right? That's not for me, yeah? So I bring in Geraldine and um, I bring in Phil and, and Phil's company. And we kind of take them on a journey, yeah? We are, we're helping them become coaches and start to give them confidence with the coaching. And at the same time, we start to collect all of this data and all of the leading indicators, right? And the same conversations. This is micromanagement, yeah? And I'm like, okay, what do you want to be? Do you want to be micromanagers? And I always have one story which tends to, to, to let everybody you know, people see the sense in it, right? And apologies for the ladies, but I'm a fanatical football fan, right? Um, so you just take, a, take somebody like Lionel Messi or Usain Bolt or any world-class athlete, right? Every single day of their life, they have a monitor strapped to them, right? Every single day in life. And if it's footballers, they've got monitors on the feet, there's monitors on the ball, there's monitors that are strapped to them, right? So we know how many passes they did in a game. We know how far they ran in a game. How many shots did they take, right? How many on target? How many off target? Everything. And these guys, including Lionel Messi, right? Arguably, I guess, the best player in the world. Um, these guys, every Monday, sit with their coaches. And they review all of their stats, right? And they go through everything they did well in the game. And then they go through everything that could have been better. And then they go into their training for the rest of the week, right? Usain Bolt. Yeah, where they are actually measuring the guy's balance and pressure as he shoots from the line. Because it's probably the single biggest thing he can do to ensure that he wins, right? So the quicker he gets away from the blocks, the quicker he gets into his stride, the more um, a chance that he has that he's actually going to win. Every day in life, over and over and over and over again. And yet, in 25 years of being in sales, I've never been asked to coach. Nobody's ever given me leading indicators. Nobody's ever talked to me about what leading indicators might be. Even in SAP today, nobody talks about leading indicators, right? Because what are we doing? Focused on pipe and revenue. And what happens when you focus on pipe and revenue? Salespeople think you don't give a shit about them, right? Salespeople believe that is your only focus because that's the only conversation that you ever have with them. And as sales leaders, if you're gonna measure your success by your number, fine. And if you can do your number every year in life, that's fine. And if you're comfortable doing your number with 50% of your people failing, that's also fine. Yeah? My question back to you would be, think about what we could do if 70% of your people get over the line, 80%, 90% of people get over your line. And some of the things that we've changed now, every single leader who reports to me has a very basic metric. They must have 50% of their team achieve budget as a minimum, and they must have 20% of their team get to winner's circle. And if they don't, they cannot be marked as successful in their appraisal. And that's, that's big, because that's how you get a pay rise in SAP, right? Um, that's how bonuses and things like that get targeted. 
So there's no sales leader who gets to report into me that gets to be part of this journey that is ever going to be focused on anything else than getting 100% of the people over the line. And the thing is, when you drive that and you drive that mentality, what is awesome, sorry, is, is trust and the way that trust gets built. Yeah? Um, and the way in which you generate trust. So some of the things, this is, this is an example of the type of data that we collect, right? So we'll look at you know, how, how many meetings, there's, there's obviously a whole host of data under this, right? And we'll look at how many meetings, what was the type of meeting, you know, what would the impact, what was the outcome, you know, where are you spending your time this year, next year, this quarter, yeah? Um, and we put this in front of our sales guys, yeah? But not only that, we've now taken this and we put it in front of pre-sales guys and we put it in front of our consultants. So we're measuring everything that everybody who works in Ariba does, right? And, our, and for anybody who thinks this is micromanagement, our leadership trust scores are going through the roof. And not only that, guess what is the fastest growing cloud solution in the whole of SAP? Ariba. Yeah? To the end of the first half of this year, 67% growth, projecting to do the same revenue that we did for the whole of 2015, which was the best year ever, by the end of Q3, and we'll probably be at 100% growth by the end of Q4, right? And this has got nothing to do with me. This has got everything to do with the people that commit to doing this and driving this, and what did we change? We changed our mindset, because the mindset became the only thing that matters to us is everybody gets over the line and that's how we hold people accountable. And we gave our leaders the tools. We're helping them become coaches. You don't become a coach overnight. Um, so we continue to do that. We continue to work with Phil and his team to help them do that. But the impact that it's having on the team, on the confidence levels, on what we do in front of the customer uh, is, is just phenomenal. Um, and this is, look, this is just some of the things that we're learning, right? Um, you've got to start to change what you measure and really focus on whatever the leading indicators that are important for your businesses are. I can't tell you that, but spend some time figuring them out. Yeah? Pipeline and revenue are nothing more than your ability to execute. That's all they are. It's not, and there's no focus on them is going to change anything. Yeah? It's just nothing more and a metric that says, this is how well you and your team execute, sorry. Opportunity reviews are not coaching, they're telling sessions. You know this, I know this, every opportunity review that I've ever seen people do becomes a coaching session. And when I question AEs and go, what did you get at that opportunity review? They tell me nothing, invariably nothing, right? They're not coaching sessions, it's where we end up telling. It's gotta be focused on the coachee and their agenda you cannot bring your agenda into that session. You will lose trust if you start to do that. And it isn't about you as a leader, it's about their progress and their development. And if you focus on that, you will get the results that you need anyway, yeah? Get out of the telling habit and into the asking habit. I think as Bree said, start to use open questions for everything. Start to force yourself to never, never answer a question. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, answer a question with a question, yeah? Um, and make data a fundamental part of your leadership. You'll be amazed at what you start to see. You'll be amazed at the things that you don't know when you start to collect this, yeah? I think I've gone through that already. And this is just an example of equally what we do for pre-sales um, uh, because they have a massive impact on our ability to be successful. So we're measuring what they do, what impact do they have? 
and we have this for every single individual in the company um, where we can have focused conversations that are focused on them um, and how they are improving. Yeah? This is what we do for our consultants because we measure them differently, right? They're doing different things. Um, and this one, this, is, this came out of last Thursday, so this is the amalgamation of, we started this in March, um, so it's kind of eight to 10 weeks worth of, uh, worth of data that we're starting to, to collect. Um, so let's start, okay? okay thank, thank you, you. thank you. So I hope Paul's story has demonstrated more about the impact that coaching can have on truly transforming sales performance, especially if you're a sales leader. We've just launched a new program called Coaching for Sales Transformation. It's accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management, or the ILM as it's abbreviated to, and we truly believe it will help make an impact on how your tech sales teams perform. Check out the show notes for more information and learn more about this program. We also have in the show notes the links to our mindset survey and we'll encourage you to take a look at the mindset survey and invest some time in getting to know whether or not you feel you have the key sales mindsets that customers have said that they want to see in salespeople. Thank you very much.